Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined in studio by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hi, Sarah. It's nice to see you. I know. I know. We just had dinner on Monday evening. Yes. A week ago Monday. Yeah. 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 So um, because we have not been running together. No. But maybe soon, huh? Yeah. Your foot's getting better? Well, I wanted to share that news with you. My workout today, and as we record this, this is July 18th, so it's not airing for, um, I guess, nine days. But I forgot to lay out my workout clothes last night, which is uncharacteristic of me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, my foot's feeling pretty good. I'm going to give this walk-run thing a try instead of going on a bike ride. Also because I had a lot of work to do, so I sort of needed to finish up sooner than a bike ride would Mm -hmm. allow me. So I went out for a walk-run. Yeah. I walked about a third of a mile until I got to your street. Uh-huh. Then I started running a little bit for about two, three minutes. Wow. Yep. And I just used that routine and I didn't do, I'm, I'm not good at the whole like, one, I don't know how to program my garment to make it beep to do intervals. Yeah, that's tough. And I sort of just was like, oh, okay, well, like from here to that busy road where I'm going to have to wait for the crosswalk, I'll run to it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, at most I ran four minutes. Um, and I was gone for an hour. Good. Yeah. And, and how'd you feel? Pretty doggone good. Like no pain? It was the same as it was before I left, which was slightly below a one on the one to 10 scale. Okay. So you think you'll do it again? Oh, I definitely am going to do it again. I think okay. I might try to start. I'm not going to go gonzo because yeah. that's what got me in trouble last time. Yeah. So, um, I'm thinking possibly definitely once a week if it continues. I rolled my foot on ice. I've rolled it twice now since then. And we're in the um, early afternoon and I've rolled it twice on a frozen water bottle. Does that feel good? It does. It feels very good. Good. Yes. And um, yeah, so once or twice a week. All right. So what was your total mileage then today? So I didn't. So again, I also don't know how to make my Garmin uh, not do auto pause when oh you start walking. Now yeah. that's not so hard. To yeah. Do. <laughs> but also I didn't even start my, I just did it by an hour. Like I realized I didn't, I didn't want to put up my time on Strava and all that yeah. stuff. And so I don't know. All I know is where I went. I would say maybe it was. Mm, you can calculate with about two tenths mi- of a yeah, mile. It was, it was around four miles probably. Well, that's Maybe a really three long and a half, way. Four miles. That's a really long way. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, I definitely made it up way. I made it north of Fremont over near New Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's really so good. Found two separate pennies. Well, one, hey. one I had to slightly pry out of the payment. So, um, but okay. I made it pop out. So, anyway, right. so you, you got to work for money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's good. I went for the first run since I've done since the half marathon on Monday. Was yeah. it Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Oh, I did it yesterday. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, my knees are still kind of wanky. And... Wait, now we have knees plural? Oh, yeah. It's always been knees plural. My left is worse than my right. Oh, okay. And I got a cortisone shot in my left knee about 10 days before the half marathon. And I got mm-hmm. through the half the marathon. Anchorage mares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just haven't run since then. Just wanting to rest it and doing more hiking and just seeing how things are going to go. And, and it's been non-painful walking. Still painful running, but oh. yeah, so it sort of feels like eggshells in my knee, my left knee, oh. um, for the first eh, two blocks, and then mm-hmm. crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like not crunchy, but just like think about it would be like to literally have eggshells in your knee, like oh, I mean, just kind of sharp, 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 sharp. Oh. Like mm. not super sharp, but sharp, 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 and then oh. it goes away. And so I did two and a half miles because I just wanted mm-hmm. to not do too much, but. You know, after the first three blocks, I felt pretty good. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm seeing a running specialist. All right. I have. This is why I have to run because I'm seeing a running specialist a week from today, uh-huh. and I've, I've run you know once this month. <laughs> and uh, um, but my daughter wants to be a physical therapist. Uh-huh. Lane, Your oldest are my oldest mm-hmm. daughter, and she works at um, Samaritan Physical Therapy Clinic um, in Corvallis, Oregon, which is associated with the. Oregon State University so one of the PT she works for his name is Travis he's a running specialist Mm -hmm. and I guess people take months to get in to see him because of his waiting list but Mm -hmm. um, she got me an appointment with him and I'm going to do that on on Wednesday so that he can say Hey, guess what? You have arthritis in your knee. <laughs> You're 51 I drove years 90 old. minutes to <laughs> yeah. get here. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to drive all the way down there. Yeah, an hour and a half down, an hour and a half back. My appointment, if you're lucky. Uh-huh. Yeah, my my appointment, though, is 7.30 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to have to leave really early, early. But at least I'll beat traffic. So sure. anyway, that's me getting back to running. So uh-huh. I'm really hopeful he'll have something else to say. Well, I mean, my PT gave me such great exercises to help with my plantar fasciitis. Exactly. And I think, you know, even if it's strengthening, okay, give me those strengthening up exercises. I'd kind of be interested in doing, um, I mean, I'm happy with body weight stuff, but I'm happy to be doing some like Nautilus stuff. If somebody would tell me. Nautilus, look at you doing a throwback. (laughs) What do they call these things these days? Machines? I don't know. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Weight machines. Those Uh really confusing things. Contraptions in the weight room. Yeah. Mostly I use them for step ups and changing my shoes. But I think they have other purposes, and I wouldn't mind doing that if somebody would tell me how to do it. Uh huh. Okay. And like, make sure I'm doing the right ones. Right, because you do have access to a gym. You're I do of Law Fitness. Uh-huh. I am. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, so well, good. So well, and you mentioned your Anchorage Mares Half Marathon. Wasn't that a fun trip? It was such. And now it seems like too long ago, Molly. My I gosh. Know. That, it we, was. I mean. Overall, Alaska just blew my mind with how beautiful it is. Yes, I've been telling everybody how great it is. And, um, you know, the Oregon vibe is alive and well in Alaska. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so, like, like the kind of old-timey Oregonians that I talked to, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you should move to Alaska. You should, you would totally love it, you know. Uh Everybody's outside. They've all got their dogs and their bikes. And they're like, oh, that sounds sounds pretty good, you know. And they're losing population, so they need people out there. Yeah, and you get get paid to live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the bears hibernate in the winter. (laughs) And there's so much beer and such great food. Oddly, oddly good food. We had oh that place that uh, that that you kindly allowed us to eat at twice, two dinners in a row. I mean, I just love that food. Yeah, that was really good. Really good vegetables. Oddly, yeah. Oh, such good salads. Yeah. Oh my goodness, and all the fresh ingredients. Oh, definitely. I think didn't we ask? I thought we asked the first night, and they're growing them a lot in greenhouses. That would make sense. And you can you know in a raised bed, yeah, and in raised beds you can do a lot because then the ground's warmer. So. Um, but yeah, that was so great and such, oh my gosh, it was so wonderful that Jackie and Dina took us on that hike. Yeah, it was a, it was a challenging hike. I thought it was challenging. It was very mm-hmm. steep. It was some hand over hand. It was a little, little, little bit more than I wanted to get into, but I'm so glad they took us that way. Oh, it made, it made the trip. Yeah. It made the trip. So we went to, was it Flat Top? Is that what it's called? Flat Top, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Flat yeah. Top Mountain. Uh, and then you could just see out into the valleys and Oh, the other and the mountains. peaks in the distance and the water way off in the distance they, behind us. Yeah, and they just trail run that whole area up there. It's oh, yeah. just gorgeous. It was so stunning. Yeah. So stunning. And, and and all year round they do it. Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and just, you know, oh, this is what they did, you know, Tuesday. And that's what, you know, the mm-hmm. over there is where we went on Sunday. And that's where we'll go tomorrow and all that stuff. And 
Yeah, that was amazing. And then Jackie ja- had her bear spray right on her. Oh, she did. Why, did you notice that? I did not notice yeah, she that. She had it right on her hip when we were doing that hike. And what did we see coming out of our hike? As we were leaving while we were in the car. We oh, saw- now you're making it sound less dramatic. Oh, yeah. We saw two bears. <laughs> we saw two black bears. Yeah, practically attacking us. <laughs> <laughs> no they ran across the road yeah yeah, yeah. they were like a squirrel but a whole lot bigger yeah. and black yeah <laughs> so that was cool we did see bears we did see two bears but we did not see moose not no i i, I think when we were flying in i saw a moose from a plane maybe <laughs> or it was a bush but it might i'm gonna say it was a moose but i don't know yeah no moose yeah so that was I, that, i'd say that was our only regret from the trip yeah yeah and it was oh my goodness it was just and uh, so and then I had a great bike ride while you were doing the race. I went out yeah. on the got to be out on the course because Jackie so kindly dropped off two bikes for us to use. Wasn't so, that nice? Oh my goodness, and, so welcoming. And what wonderful bike paths they have! Oh, just such a network. Oh my which goodness, turn into cross country ski paths. Yeah, I mean, when I find cities like that, then I'm like, oh, I want to come back here and go. Like, like when you go to Seattle, there's so mm-hmm. many great trails in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And the Twin Cities. and oh. Such a great way to explore. Yeah. And the race was fantastic. It was beautiful along the water. Um, kind of mixed uh, bike trail, road. There was a little bit of uh, single track. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was cool. And super friendly. You dropped your, super you lost friendly. your credit card before the start of the race. And there it was at the, yep. we're walking up to what you assumed was the lost and found. I'm thinking, yeah, good luck with that. And there one it was. Now, oh, we're so glad you stopped by. Yep. Someone brought it by before the race even started. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. And now I've lost my other credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I, I know it is in the house somewhere. I know it is. And I keep looking around because I want to have to change like oh, the numbers. All the, you know, exactly. All the things yeah. that I've got. Yeah. Oh my! But gosh. I haven't found it yet. Oh my gosh! So, um, some progress on my mother's situation. Yeah. Give an update. So, her house went on the market on, um, as we're recording this on Monday, just mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Uh, she definitely, you know, forgets that she's put it on the market. She calls mm-hmm. a real estate agent, who then texts me and tells me these things and. Oh, so, but then, you know, two hours later, my sister will call and my mother will be totally gung ho. Like, let's get this thing moving forward. And I can't wait till the house sells and Mm -hmm. move into Edge Hill and all this stuff. So, um, so yes. So, but she definitely has, she's moving into, um, a tiered care facility. So when she moves in, unless something changes drastically in the next 30 to 40 days, she'll be moving into the equivalent of a one-bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. that overlooks a garden and is being completely revamped. And my brother's wife, who works for one of the top, if not the top, um, interior designer in Atlanta, she's the um, CFO, but she works for a design firm. And Mm -hmm. so she is going to be in Connecticut for um, a a trip with a friend. And so she's going to go by the place and like suggest some colors and and yeah, really. And I I adore my sister-in-law. So that's really wonderful. So, yeah. So, but a lot of texts, including, um, Oh my goodness. I felt like it was like when worlds collide, I was uh, doing Ragnar and was literally putting the toothpaste on my toothbrush, you know, 7.45 in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get out the door to meet up with a, for Van 2 with the transition. And it was a text from the real estate agent saying that she was at the house to get my mom to sign all the paperwork. And my mom was saying she wouldn't do it. Oh, no. And I'm like, I am 3,000 miles away. Yeah. So, um, and it definitely was a matter of my mother forgetting, not a matter of her tr- having changed her mind. Mm-hmm. So I rallied my brother and sister and they both call. I called my mom 
And then I thought it was okay. thought she'd sign. And then the real estate agent texts me and says, no, she wants to talk to your other siblings. So I have to get both them to call. And then, um, we talked about this. I know Molly, but I'll retell the story that, uh, so then she took, uh, the real estate agent texted me two pictures of my mom signing the paperwork and looking all smiley and in the beautiful dining room. And, and I thought, Oh, that's so nice. Melody wants me to feel like a part of this. And mm-hmm. then the Molly conspiracy theory part of me kicked in, you know, I hang <laughs> out with you enough to know there's a conspiracy theory everywhere. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. She wants proof that like she wasn't coercing my mother into doing this. Yeah. And your mom needs to see it too. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. was a point you brought up when I told you the story over <laughs> dinner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See Margaret, you were smiling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, but forward progress and the, there's a broker's open house mm-hmm. on Friday and there's a showing on Saturday and mm-hmm. can only hope that it's gonna be hard on you too. your childhood home. You know, um, break. I tweeted out a link, the link to the listing because the mm-hmm. pictures are so it's a cool. beautiful house. Oh, thank you. Thank Anybody you. But in the- Connecticut should be happy to <laughs> yeah. have that house. But I mean, the photos are are so exquisite. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really shows the house and the decor in its best light. And so people on Twitter um, uh, were like, oh, you know, it must be so hard for this must be so um, such a relief, but also so bittersweet for you. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. 20 years ago, this would have been very hard on me. For the past decade, I have been like, get out of it. Just yeah. get out now before, you know, the rats are jumping off the ship. Like get out now. Right. Before and not from literally kills you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I'm, I don't know. And also the house exists in my mind. I haven't lived on the East coast except for four years. I haven't lived there since I was, right. you know, I graduated right. college in, in 88. I'm except for four years. I haven't lived anywhere near that house. And yet it still exists in my mind and it'll still exist in my mind no matter who lives there. And, I don't know if a developer tears it down. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's true. And haven't you noticed that when you move and there's so much emotion about moving, as soon as your stuff is in the new house, you're like, oh, this is home. You know, my family's here. This is home. That's what, that's what I told my, when my father was alive, that's what I told my parents. I said, you know, home is where the two of you are. Home is where your beloved things are home, but home really is just where your people are. Right. And, uh, you know, and so, but she already has, she has a, my mom has a list of things she wants to bring, um, to the, to the one bedroom Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we'll take care of selling the rest of the stuff after she's out of the house. So, um, I'm headed back there in October before our Cape Cod retreat. And, um, let's hope I don't have the house to stay in when I go out there. Yes. Let's Uh, hope. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another transition and it's good to pause and remember and reflect. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, <sighs> so um, life is. yes, yes. So, well, we're moving on to um topic with a little more brevity, a little okay. more lightness than that. It is uh, we're talking TMI topics today because our guest is the author of a new book titled How to Make Yourself Poop and 999 Other Tips All Runners Should Know. Very good, yes. Um, pooping is important, <laughs> it is, it is, it important. is. Um, Megan Keita, formerly an editor at Runner's World, now works in the communications at a liberal arts college. She's the author of that book. Megan recently became a mother runner, her son is five months old. We'll talk TMI with Megan right after this brief break. Stay tuned. Welcome to the show, Megan. It's nice to reconnect. We go way back to when we were both um, doing work for Runner's World. Yeah, yeah. It's good to reconnect with you too, Sarah. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Thanks. 
She must have been a baby. <laughs> I mean, you were, how, how old were you when you started at Runner's World, Megan? Um, let's see. I started at Rodale, the company that used to publish Runner's World right out of college. So I was 21. Oh. Um, and then I got the dream job at Runner's World when I was 24. So yeah, yeah. I, I was a baby. Yeah, because you're not very old now. And I, I mean, you know, I'm sure Sarah worked at Runner's World like, you know, six months ago. <laughs> no, I know it's been a little bit of time. Yeah. I, was think, I was thinking I need to look at their uh, contributor editor list and see, because Dim and I were on it forever after when yeah. we stopped uh-huh. writing for it. Um, oh, that's yeah. so Is it all funny. online now? Yeah, yeah, do they still publish? They do still publish. And I yeah, still, not- I think they're still publishing 11 issues a year. Um, oh. But yeah, oh. yeah, I know. Who knew? Um, right. They're a little, they're a little thinner than they used to be, but um, yeah, some, they're doing uh, some cool stuff with design now. So. Oh, huh. Well, all magazines are. Daphne just got, my younger daughter just got her August, September issue of 17. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a child, Megan, you won't, maybe won't remember these days, but Molly, I mean, that thing was I'm much younger. It but... was, it was, it was so thick and it was, you yeah. know, I was, oh my gosh, I just so oh, was all the September issue. Oh yeah. When oh. you get that with all the back to school clothes and <laughs> oh, the, the makeup back to tips, school. Oh my gosh. And you know how to talk to boys. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Exactly. That was and every was... issue. Every issue. <laughs> <laughs> How to tell if he likes you. Oh, a true editor coming up with the headline and the sidebar. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, Megan, tell us about your uh, running career. Sure. Um, uh, I used to have one before I had a baby. (laughs) Oh, that's not true. You're running now. (laughs) I am. Not not as much as I'd like to be, but... um, yeah, so I started running when I was in high school, um, joined the uh, track team to get in shape for soccer, and then never went back out for soccer because I found my people. Um, oh. Started running cross country that fall, and so I was 15, and now I'm 31, so I've been running for more than half my life. I've run a whole bunch of marathons, too many marathons, um, and have lately not been doing very much running at all, um, but... Either way, I, I'm just glad to be out there again. Um, I had to stop while I was pregnant and you know, that was, Mm -hmm. that was rough. (laughs) Was it rough? Yeah. Sorry. You missed it, Megan. You missed running. Uh, Yeah. I really missed running. Um, I was able to do it until I was about 30 or 32 weeks pregnant. So I was pretty lucky, but then then it just got too uncomfortable. I got kind of uh-huh. crampy while I was running and figured that wasn't a good thing. So I mm-hmm. took it down to walking and then that started not feeling so good for like the last month of my pregnancy. So I was just mm-hmm. kind of like in this like frustrating lack of exercise period and really wanted to get out there and just was too huge. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's nice to be mm-hmm. back out there again. Yeah, and you've got a five-month-old, so he can hold his head up a little bit in the jogging stroller, I imagine. I actually haven't taken him out in the jogging stroller yet, um, oh. partially because I have to assemble my jogging stroller, which <laughs> that, that seems like a really big task right now. But um, I'm hoping. Isn't that what a significant other or a partner is for? Isn't that what they're for? Yeah, yeah. He put together the regular stroller, which I'm really grateful for. So maybe I can get him to get the the jogging stroller together too. Um, yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you did a marathon with the run-walk method, huh? 
I did a half marathon with the run walk method and it was actually pretty, pretty interesting. Um, uh-huh. I hadn't really trained super well for it. You know, I did my long runs, but I was just kind of wasn't following a plan and was just kind of doing whatever I wanted, you know, four or five days a week and decided to give it a try um, for a story for runnersworld.com uh, since I was editing Jeff Galloway's column at that time. And uh-huh. I was, you know, editing a column that was always about run walking every single month. And I wondered how would that work for me? And actually I ran pretty fast. I broke 145, um, which I was pretty surprised about. (laughs) Yeah. And a really hilly course too. So, you know, I was in pretty good shape, but it it just made it feel really fun too, um, Mm -hmm. to have that break in there. Like usually I get pretty cranky when I'm racing, especially towards the end when you're, you know, trying to keep gutting it out and things are starting to feel really hard and you're just, you know, people mm-hmm. cheer for you and you're like, shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or maybe I'm the only one that gets cranky like that, but, but with the walk uh, break, no. it helped me be a little bit more, you know, happy along the way. Cause I always had that uh-huh. to look forward to. So it was just a really interesting strategy. And I think if I ever did another marathon, I would try it in a marathon because it was just like, a nice way to break up a really long distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think you'll go back to running with a run walk with the baby? Um, you know, I would I would consider it if I signed up for a marathon, which okay. I don't have any plans to do right now. Um, mm-hmm. The funny thing about marathoning is, you know, you stop doing it for a while and then you realize, how much more energy you have when you aren't marathon training and you're <laughs> how like, much more time you I have to go back. Yeah. The energy and the yeah. time I'm like, you know, I like doing other things too. So maybe I'll just stick with half marathons at the yeah. most for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sweet spot. Yeah. 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 That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So now you're a mother runner. So talk mm-hmm. to us about your return to running post baby, because come on, we know there's gotta be a TMI topic in there. Oh boy. Okay. TMI. Hmm. Well, Well, or just in general and then just slide some TMI details in there. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, um, I had a pretty normal birth. I was really lucky. Um, you know, I was able to give birth vaginally without any kind of drugs, which was my goal. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool. Um, but afterwards, you know, I had a tear, a normal, Mm -hmm. you know, second degree tear and, you know, people had always said things are never the same down there afterwards. Um, <laughs> but then when it really happened to me and things were different, I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like something is really wrong. Uh, so for that whole like six weeks postpartum leading up to my checkup, I was like, I definitely have organ prolapse. I definitely oh. feel like all my organs are falling out because things Mm. feel super weird down there and there is no other explanation. (laughs) So I was like really fixated on this and I kept calling my doctor, like, I feel like something is wrong. Like Mm -hmm. every time I walk, I feel like, you know, I feel like everything's falling out and they were like, it's normal. It's normal. And I was like, you don't understand. It can't be normal. Um, So anyway, the the full hypochondriac came out during those six weeks (laughs) and, uh, I was afraid to even like go on a walk because I was like, what if like my uterus is coming out and you know, Mm -hmm. 
what if I'm just stuck out in the world with my stroller and my uterus coming out? Well, I gotta um, say, I don't think that is that normal. I, I, I'm glad you called your doctor. Did they see you and were you okay? Uh, yeah, I was fine. It, it wasn't like I saw anything coming out. It just felt uh-huh. so strange down there because, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. I had pushed a baby out um, that the way that it felt to me was that there was something in the canal, you know, like mm-hmm. that was the sensation I was having. And then mm-hmm. when I did see my doctor for my six week checkup, they were like, you know, you have some nerve damage because you tore and oh. that sensation you're feeling okay. is nerve damage. Like, oh. yeah. Yeah. That's so, good to know. Yeah, it, women's it, uteruses do fall out. It, I know. Sometimes. I know. Yeah. And I knew that that was, I knew that that was a possibility, like, cause I've done way too much reading. I just know too many mm-hmm. things. So of course the worst possible thing was the first thing that came to mind instead of, you know, maybe things just feel weird because I just gave birth, right. <laughs> right. you know? Um, yeah. and, and of course that first six weeks felt like, you know, six months cause I wasn't really sleeping. So in my head, it wasn't like I just gave birth. It felt like it had been so long since I had given birth because mm-hmm. the days are really long when you're not sleeping overnight. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, my my return to running, I waited until I could see a pelvic floor physical therapist just to be safe. Um, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I was lucky from working at Runner's World to know that pelvic floor PTs are a thing and mm-hmm. you should really... Yeah check one out um, after you've given birth just to make sure because um, you know the, the postpartum checkup I was kind of surprised at how little was done there you know yeah, she just kind of looked yeah. and was like oh your stitches are healed you're good and I'm like that's mm-hmm. it <laughs> right right next uh-huh yeah tell yeah, your husband yeah. it's another six weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it um, felt like shouldn't you be doing more to make sure I'm okay? And um, the pelvic floor PT was the person who did that more thorough kind of exam and was like, yeah, everything looks good. You should be okay to return to running. And here are the other exercises you should do to make sure, you know, you feel oh, good. Oh, yeah. good, good. And you also, in an email to me, you touched upon um, the juggling, the breastfeeding with, with the oh. running and that, that so, so <laughs> since that's a TMI topic in, in some regards, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm still struggling with that um, because I have always been a morning runner. I like to get up mm-hmm. and get it done. And getting up isn't the problem. It's just that when I get up, my boobs are like, you know, 10 sizes bigger than they are the rest of the day. Um, and and then it's a decision between do I pump and then run comfortably or do I just like wait to breastfeed my baby, which is what I would like to do since I only get to do it before and after work. Um, and then I miss my opportunity to run in the morning. And, you know, I really, really hate pumping. I mean, I... If you've ever done it, I'm sure you understand that it's not the most fun thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just, and, and especially since I have to pump at work, you know, two right, to three times right. a day, regardless, I don't want to add another pumping session in the morning. Um, right, so right. I've been trying to finagle it so I get out at lunchtime at work, um, which at Runner's World, 
at runner's world that would have been like no big deal at all like i would have been able to go out for five miles and you know whatever it was kind of flexible there because i would be running with my boss so it wasn't like Mm -hmm. she was (laughs) keeping an eye on how long i was out there but at my at my job now people don't generally exercise at lunch and I don't want to abuse like the one hour lunch break um, Mm -hmm. policy. So I can run about a 5k while also walking to the gym and having time to shower afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's good enough for now. That's fine. But um, if I do want to run like a half at some point, I'm going to have to figure out something else. So Mm-hmm. Well, you know, everything has its season, and before you know it, your baby will be weaned, and then you can go on the morning run. So I, I think that's uh, I a nice balance. Yeah. Unfortunately, that might happen sooner than I want it to because my baby is an early yeah. teether, and he is biting me now while, oh. while I'm feeding him. Yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, oh, you already can- got the two bottom teeth and the two top are through and the ones next to them I think are coming in now and he's five months which is like wow. really young for all that to be happening so yeah. Um, yeah yeah I'm trying to figure out how to teach him what no biting means but he's mm-hmm. a little baby he doesn't know words <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's hard when you pump to continue it because I had that when I went back to work and I started pumping it it like it breaks the cycle up and it you know, other people were giving my baby a bottle and then, before, you know, six mm-hmm. months it was some cereal and then, I don't know, it just, it's, it's hard to keep going when you have to do it both ways, I think. And the other I thing for me so. is I was, yeah, I was really busy. And so when I would nurse and I loved sitting there holding my babies and nursing, but I didn't really want them just to sit there and play with my nipple, you know, <laughs> I, and that, that's <laughs> what eventually happens once they're on food. They're, oh. they just uh-huh. are, you know, they're looking at you as a pacifier and I'm like, yeah, this isn't working for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, there's yeah, a, there's no. an urgency with a baby that is not there with a machine that is going to pump. You know, there you is can, an urgency. Yeah, but you when can, you have a full baby that you know not really hungry that just wants to you know be, I would hold him. So then I could hold him, give him a pacifier, and you know, like with the other hand, not be giving him my attention. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Bad, bad mommy stuff, but. But good no, for you. it's a big take it's your a time. Big time commitment. It's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, you know, now I have to like focus all my attention on him because he gets distracted. In the beginning, I was watching a lot of TV while I was breastfeeding. So I made mm-hmm. it through the entire entire Sopranos. And I hope oh, that oh Theo, Theo didn't pick up on any of that language or the violence. It's going to go right into your milk. Club. <laughs> it curdled <Yeah>. it all. <laughs> His first word is going to be an f bomb because of that. Show. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be manicot. It's gonna win. Yeah. Regat, regat, regat. Forget. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. So, uh, so speaking of food, you uh-huh. are in the Guinness Book of World Records for a food based <laughs> costume. <laughs> Tell yeah. us about this. Well, you little so minx. I don't, yes, I you don't know if dog? you know. I don't know if you know this, but I am actually a former world record holder now. I was. Oh, I did not know. Oh, yeah. Let's go. It, let's go get them. So, I ran like a three fifty eight marathon while dressed as a hot dog. Um, back <laughs> Cause, in twenty fifteen. That's what you do. <laughs> yes, um, because I was writing a story for Runner's World about how to get a Guinness World Record, and so I was for a couple years the fastest marathon female. while dressed as a fast food item female world record mm-hmm. holder 
Um, yes. So, so I was the fastest bun on a run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bun. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, we got to have some phallic jokes in there too somehow. <laughs> oh my god! There are so many, so many but ways it, you could go with that. It's not the size that matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's how long yeah. it can go yeah. oh, there we are oh. now, we're, now we're moving <laughs> can't yeah, get it all the, in one bite the woman who uh who took my record ran like a 318 no in a hot dog mm. costume yeah wow crazy. yeah Her, so I will hers was made out of lighter material it was more aerodynamic <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah that must be oh it. my yeah <laughs> oh my gosh! So, so uh, have use that story as a springboard. It sounds like you also have GI problems. So let's use food for you oh to sh- kind of overshare some GI problems, and then with some practical advice for other people in it. Okay, it's not yeah. mustard well, my... trailing behind. <laughs> oh God! Save us from our own bad puns, Megan. <laughs> please now. <laughs> yeah, my. I mean, I guess my GI problem before I was pregnant was always that I like couldn't stop going before races. Um, and fun fact, it's because I was not following any of the nutrition advice that I knew was what I should be doing. Um, <laughs> so like, for an example, I once ran a marathon in New Hampshire and on the way up, I told my husband, oh, look, there's a friendlies. We should stop there and eat. And I got a grilled cheese sandwich and I got a giant milkshake called a fribble and oh, I, I had friends. all of this to eat the day before my marathon. And the next day I wondered why I couldn't stop pooping. Um, <laughs> You're an intelligent think, woman. What would make you yeah. think that that was going to be okay? <laughs> dairy, dairy. Yeah. I need more dairy. <laughs> I, I had this like very wrong notion for many years that the more calories I took in, the better. Like all calories are good the day before a marathon. And mm-hmm. I was wrong about that. Um <laughs> So it took me like, I think it wasn't until like my 14th marathon out of 17 that I realized I should probably watch what I eat the day before. And yeah. what do you know? It helped a lot. Yeah. Do you, do you still poop a whole bunch before a race? Or you, you uh, got not, it down not to... if I'm smart about it. Not if I'm yeah. smart about what I eat the day before. Because so, I, uh, I get the nervous poops before a race. I can't stop pooping just because of stress poops. Yeah, that's a thing. I, yeah. yeah, that is absolutely a thing. And that's yeah. what I thought I had. Um, and I think I had that, but I also mm-hmm. had the, you know, giant milkshake poops. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you get yeah. those together, giant milkshake poops and nervous poops, it's like a very, very bad combination. That um, is a bad combination. And yet you still ran a 315 marathon in a hot dog suit. No, no, no. The, oh, the woman who beat her ran the 315. Three ran 358. Still, she got under four hours in a hot dog suit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. She ran sub four in a hot dog suit. That was when I knew about nutrition. I ate good before that. Because <laughs> okay. that would be tough to move dogs. it. You know, move the costume to drop your drawers like repeatedly. Oh, yeah. How did you poop in yeah. a hot, hot dog suit? <laughs> I put it on after. Yeah, that oh, would have been okay. too much of a challenge. Too much risk yeah. of of dipping my buns into the porta potty. (laughs) (laughs) Alex is just, he can only hear one half of this conversation. He's just shaking his head. (laughs) So, so, all right. So while while we're on the subject of GI track, uh, we have to hearken to the title of your book. How does one make themselves poop? Um, Molly and I are lucky that our guts usually know when we're going to go on a run. Mm -hmm. So they Mm -hmm. vacate themselves, but, but Molly in particular still sometimes has to stuck into a porta potty on our runs. So what's mm-hmm. the secret? What's the secret? 
Well, what are some secrets? Yes. I mean, some of the secrets are things you already knew about, like hot liquids. Um, Mm -hmm. Most people think coffee, but it doesn't have to be caffeinated. Um, Anything hot should work. So Mm -hmm. for a long time, I was using peppermint tea just because I didn't want to get too caffeinated before a run. So that would always work for me. Um, You know, obviously movement, if you have the time to do it, you could always just jog around the block a few times until you're like, oh, now I have to go. Um, but, but that's the, my the thing. Last... I get a mile in and I got to go. Yep. Yep. So if you just kind of know that about yourself and can plan it into a run that, you know, you do your mile loop, swing by your house again, and then go off for your real run. Um, but yeah, the, the third less obvious tip, and this is kind of gross. Um, apparently if you massage your perineum, um, mm that can help you go. Uh, I have never tried it, but that is like research backed. There was a study that showed that this helped ease constipation. So I guess if you're really, really desperate. Can you imagine being a part of that study? Like you're being, you'll be paid $150 (laughs) to give yourself a perineal massage. (laughs) You know, it's, know? it's for the, it's for a very good cause. You know, yeah. it's for science. You don't and, want to and, be constipated. And you don't think it's anal stimulation. You think it's actually perineal massage, huh? It's because, perineal. you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Wow. So when I found this, um, learned something interesting on, in the Ragnar race from all my teammates, they were very, my teammates on Ragnar were very worried about poop, having to poop during the, their leg, the legs that they're running. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so they were debating whether they should take a modium beforehand. And one of them, Ooh. one woman, she was probably going to be running in like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, it's, you don't have time. It's not going to get into your system. She looked at me very seriously and she goes, no, a modium works really fast. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Like, I thought it was like, you know, I don't know, something. Yeah, it does I work pretty fast. that either. It's got a narcotic in there that slows things down, but it's not a, I mean, I've taken it for, for the running trots um, and it'll, it'll work. I mean, and it will work for me, but then I just feel awful afterwards. I don't, mm, I don't think right. it's a real good solution. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would throw you off for days. Like yeah, with that's, your normal poop rhythms would just yeah. not be a good situation. Well, that leads right into the next question, which we're going to start asking some questions from the, another mother runner Facebook page. And that, oh, okay. um, this one from Kate is on this poop theme and her question actually touches on what you're just mentioning. She says, what is up with long runs, double digits messing with my gut? It doesn't seem to matter what fuel I use and my hydration status. My gut and intestines are miserable for the rest of the day and perform. She says, let's say abnormally. What's up with that? You know, that's a really good question. And that's something that has happened to me a bunch of times too. Um, Mm -hmm. If I had to hazard a guess, and I don't know this for sure, but based on my time at Runner's World, I could make a guess. Um, mm-hmm. Running for that duration shunts a lot of like resources away from your digestive tract. So yep. your mm-hmm. blood is kind of flowing towards your working muscles to help them, you know, perform and you're sweating. So you're getting dehydrated. So all of your normal digestive processes are kind of put on pause while you're running And then when you stop running, you're like picking up where you left off in a way. So you're kind of like, I'm guessing that your, your normal rhythms just become completely thrown off. And because your body is in this state of like, I just did something really hard. 
um, it, that could kind of create a situation where your digestive system is like all messed up. I don't know if that made any sense, but oh, I, I feel like it has something sense. to do yeah. with like your blood being drawn away and then suddenly rushing back into your digestive system and it being like, okay, I'm working again. Here I go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I have a, a question from Christy, and she said, I'd love to know the correlation between caffeine and bladder control. I'm only 39 and have had several embarrassing moments when running. After some online research and a good look at my pre-run habits, I realized that it was the coffee, and I'm fine if I don't drink coffee before run. But if I do, oh, boy, I get out the depends. <laughs> I, I like the way that was phrased. Um, yeah. I, I totally don't know the answer to that and would love to because I am actually a pretty big decaf coffee drinker. Like I like mm-hmm. to have it in the morning before I run sometimes if I don't want to be like all jittery for a run. And that makes me have to pee just as bad as regular coffee. Like I can really? go right before I leave and mm-hmm. I will still feel like I need to go like two or three miles in mm-hmm. and I'm like, is it just because I'm having a lot of liquid before I head out? But then it doesn't happen when I just have water. So I am right there in the boat with her, um, except <laughs> I'm drinking decaf and she's drinking regular. Like, I have no idea what what it is. I actually know. You, look at that. And Molly is a veterinarian, so she well, does have some medical training. But, yeah. but one of my best friends is a PT for um, pelvic floor. Oh, okay. And yeah. she oh, wrote cool. a book. Yeah, she wrote a book called um, I should remember it. Something about the sister, something about sisters and incontinence, or something oh. like that. But it's all about being incontinent. Oh. And caffeine irritates the bladder, and it causes contractions. And so does diet soda. Oh. And so huh. one of the things she has women do that are having um, frequent urinations is actually drink lots of water because you want to flush out the bladder. And you need to train yourself how to hold your urine and that your, mm. your, your bladder will get used to contracting all the time. And you've just got to learn how, how to hold it. And those contractions will eventually go away. She said, if you don't have an eight second pee, it wasn't worth it. You need to wait for an eight second pee. Wow. Well, I know. That's so I, specific. Yeah. Wow. She, yeah. She, she's one of the specialists in her field. We should have her on. Yeah, we should. <laughs> but, but that's intriguing also because. It's funny because Jack actually pees a lot. And sometimes I'm like, it can't be full. Like, hold it but more. But men, I don't think, fully evacuate their bladder because of their anatomy. Oh. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, we got a straight shot. They got they got to go through that. And as they're getting... No, seriously. You know, and as they're getting older, there's more pressure on the plumbing. And... But, She's so tactful. But She's so tactful. getting back to pooping. Okay. Because now we're talking about men and their bathroom habits. Because I, I do have questions. Do you think, and I don't know how you did your research, do you think men poop more than women or are they just spending more time in the bathroom? That is a great question. And based on my data set of one being my husband, um, both (laughs) men poop more than women and they take longer to do it. Um, I think they're lying. I think they're in there reading magazines. How many poops do you have a day? I have one. I mean, you know, it might take a couple times, but I have poop in the morning and I'm good for the day. Like my husband yep. poops like three times a day, supposedly. I do not think he's pooping in there. <laughs> that I is think the other exact, stuff is going on. Exact schedule me and my husband are on. I am once mm-hmm. a day in the morning and he is, you know, twice, three times. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. And he does, I guess, eat a lot more than I do. Maybe. I don't know. I eat a lot. I, I don't get mm-hmm. it. I don't get it. But yeah, he does a lot of reading. He actually, here's a good anecdote. 
He'll appreciate mm. this. Um, yeah. My husband recently downloaded War and Peace uh, for nice. his Kindle app so that he mm-hmm. can slowly make his way through War and Peace while on the toilet. No. That yes. is that's not fair. That's that take him, fair. That's going to take him numerous years unless he really like says okay i'm not going to come out for 20 and, and you got a baby that's that's baloney yeah. he, he gets yeah. are you there god it's me margaret and that's what he gets to read that's it <laughs> short with big type I, yeah i would love to see his review of that book that was a, a formative yeah, exactly. book for me i know me too i learned a lot <laughs> i did <laughs> i read that book when i was like third fourth grade some somewhere mm-hmm. in there i mean oh i thought it was a dirty book Oh, oh yeah. Kissing. I read that oh. book several times. Like, yeah. did they play Spin the Bottle or something? I was like, ooh. They, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so another man question. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, how did you do your research? Did you just, like, did you, like, talk to people or did you go and read stuff? Oh, so, so most you have of a my lab? book, <laughs> most of the book is, like, running tips that I've learned over the years from being at Runner's World. So, a lot of it was pulled from articles that we had run previously. I just like kind of organized them differently and put a humorous spin on them. So my research was just like being at runner's world and absorbing everything. Well, and the book is years. great. It is a perfect <laughs> bathroom book. Cause it's really like short segments and you can flip to what mm-hmm. you want and you can read it really quick and really a nice job. I, I think this is going to oh, be a really you. good book for, yeah. For anybody that's beginning running, I think you get a lot of things answered and I've been running for a while and I was, you know, finding stuff in there. I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good tip. So mm-hmm. like the, Thanks. the nipple, the nipple chafing thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a man and I got huge mm-hmm. boobs. So I wear a bra. So what do men do about the nipple chafing? Do they really put duct tape on their boobs? I think some do. I know that my oh, husband has the a removal. lot of problems with this. Yeah, I why think don't, Why was, don't they wear a bra? That's a great question. <laughs> they, they should yeah. make that. The why man's not? Here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't yeah, you they versus... Would just wear something having... really tight, that should take care of it, right? Like, it's the fact that the shirt is loose on them that mm-hmm. it can move mm-hmm. around and it can rub so yeah they should just wear like a really a bra. tight bra yeah that was or one just... of the most that was one of the most striking things that when the first time i ever watched a marathon i saw a man with blood on the yeah. front of his shirt and i just i could draw you a picture of it it's so vivid in my mind i was just astonished and horrified yeah that's all. Oh, yeah. yeah there's always a lot of it too it drips down. there is it's, yeah, it looks like their nipples are crying. <laughs> do they? Do men wear jock straps when they run? Because I never have known. Oh God! I and, and then, like, the, is it just the little built-in shorts thing? Is that all they have? That's all they have. And there is a section in the book oh, about, about how not to how let your to junk avoid fall out. I know. I yeah, read that, and then, then I had a question: like, do they like wear a jock? I mean, do you fall don't. out of your jock strap? They don't. We, we all why, why don't they wear a jock strap? What's wrong with them? <laughs> Really good boxer briefs. Okay, so you just need good boxer briefs. But under running wear. shorts, you under, wouldn't wear that. Yeah, you just wear you the. Can't, yeah, you can't fit those under the tiny shorts. But that's a basketball short. That's a very but different you short. Need even more nut protection in basketball. Well, they have the long shorts. But, so but don't also, you wear a jock strap for? She's talking a jock strap, not a cup. Yeah, you know, no, even a jock. No, no. You don't wear anything when you play basketball. Wears a jock strap for anything. Really? This is Molly's floor. They're not practical. What? So it doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean it doesn't. I just don't. Like running around doesn't hurt. So like, like your bouncy, junk. bouncy. No, I wear like like, <laughs> like tight 
tight, tight enough briefs, to keep things like from bouncing around. Brief things. Would it hurt if you didn't have underwear on? Mm, like you're just free balling, as Mo- as uh, Dimity likes to say. <laughs> One of her greatest words on the podcast ever. Depends on the floppage. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I think that I think runners who wear tiny shorts just wear the tiny shorts and they rely on like the built-in underwear thingies to hold them up. So. And if you had had more of a hot dog than somebody else, then might that be an issue? Do they come in different sizes or does everything work? Wait, the shorts, do they come in different sizes or the hot dog? Oh, well, I know the hot dogs supposedly come in different sizes, but do the shorts come in di- like hot dog sizes? Or is it all just one size? Like, I mean, if you get a... If you get a pair of extra large shorts, they would have they a would larger have more, brief. What if you were a small oh, person, well, if you're skinny, but, but with you a big had dong? a big hot dog, then do you get a different size short? No. All, all the same. Just compression shorts. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is so nobody funny. tells me these things. I'm saying it's so funny because one of the women on the I can wrap this circle this back to women because one of the women on the Ragnar team we were talking about cute running shorts and she was like, oh, I can't wear that brand because I have a a long crotch. No, no, no she's a no something what? else. And I was like, I was like, no, that's what she said. She, she had a long a- crotch. And I'm like, excuse me. And what she meant was she had a long rise, like a long rise. Yeah, oh, and not so the, like a big uh, vulva. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Because I think I have a big vulva. I think that's an issue. <laughs> I do. I Make do. her stop. Just wow. tone her out of the studio. <laughs> I am learning so much about both of you. Uh, because you wear those tights and they don't come in sizes for your vulva. And what <laughs> I've got skinny legs. <laughs> All right. Never mind. <laughs> It wasn't in the book. It wasn't in the book. (laughs) You didn't address that. You need a sequel. Okay. I I need to make an addendum for the next printing. All right. So, okay. So, so yes. All right. So, but I'm circling it back to the, to the, let's talk about chafing. 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 So, no, no, no. I'm going to ask this question, Malls, because you you had your question. Um, I'm not going to make any more jokes. So Heidi wrote on Facebook that she currently runs in knee-length capris because of chafing. And she says, quote, My thighs rub together, so when I uh, go short shorts, though cute, there aren't, you know, going to cut it unless I want to remove all the skin from the inside of my thighs within an hour of wearing them. Okay, we're mm-hmm. sort of in the same general region that mm-hmm. Molly was just talking about, but mm-hmm. but not quite a little lower than that. So uh, so let's give Heidi some um, solutions for preventing chub rub and other forms of chafing. I mean, I feel like wearing longer compression type shorts is really the best bet. Um, you don't have to go full capri. Like a lot of brands will make shorts with like a four inch or longer inseam that, you know, would kind of keep contain the... The crotch biscuits, as Tina Fey calls them, like the oh, that's, top. That's, good. that's what she calls the uh, the top part of her thighs. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, any kind of compression shorts that would be long enough to kind of cover up the part that usually chafes should be effective, and that's what I would do. Um, and you know, you can try Body Glide or Vaseline or anything like that, but generally. I think that's not super effective for thigh rubbing, right? I don't, I don't chafe there, so I'm lucky in that way. You know, the amazing thing is another one of my Ragnar teammates. She was just, she's just a little slip of a thing, but she just—I've never seen someone use so much body glide in so many different places on, <laughs> on all over her feet and all this stuff. 
And she was worried that the little sparkle athletic skirt that that she was wearing would would chafe on her up, you know, on her thighs, just where it kind huh. of fell on her. And she just said she chafes just by looking at things, basically. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, I bet it so, depends on how sensitive your skin is. Yeah. In I don't addition know. to people, what things are rubbing together. Yeah. <laughs> some people have the tag thing, you know, where that really bothers them or seems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know, and it's fine. Like I'll I'll chafe under one armpit, but not on or the upper arm slash armpit mm-hmm. area, and not the other side. But you had a I good a tip in the uh-huh. in the book about turning your shirt inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I yeah. I was on a run one time. I was on a long run, and I was like one million miles away from home, and <laughs> uh, and I really had some bad upper arm chafing, and I just was beside myself, figure, trying to figure out what to do about it, and uh, I ended up like taking one arm out of the sleeve and that wasn't really all i needed to do was turn my shirt around that that's would have completely worked uh-huh. so i thought that was really good advice it works yeah. for socks too if you're having a seam on the inside of your socks that's bothering you so yeah and the uh advice about putting the goo packet in your shoe if you have a blister i know yeah it, that was she, a she surprising has good advice. she's she's macgyver yeah. of the running world. i know yeah. she knows a thing or two mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. everything but she does know a thing or two yeah thing or two a couple things yeah. 999 uh, yeah. things that's right it's a good book <laughs> um all right so uh so okay so let's let's venture back into some territory again uh kimberly because kimberly went there with this question on our facebook she says since the birth of my check since the birth of my second child i'm finding the tampons i'm accustomed to are not quite fitting the same way there have been moments yes plural during a run where it has been literally falling out I'm not, I'm just not ready for running in pads and the thought of a menstrual cup frightens me. Anyone else struggle with this? And so I, I, I was glad Megan that you, you know, I'm assuming we're going to talk about pelvic floor specialists, but mm-hmm. any other, uh, other thoughts, suggestions, commiseration? Uh, sure. Yeah. So actually that is how it felt to me when I was walking around after I gave birth, like there was a tampon falling out. So I totally mm-hmm. know that feeling. Um, yeah, my first thought there was a menstrual cup. I know she said that they freak her out, but I used to use one before I gave birth and really, really liked it. And once you get the hang of it, it's like life changing. And if she's given birth twice, like a menstrual cup is definitely not as bad as giving birth. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Somebody, somebody on the Facebook page said that she said, uh, just try the diva cup. And once you try it, you'll never, you know, you'll never look back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree with that person, but also I feel like a pelvic floor PT might be able to help, you know, tighten things up in there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the PT I saw was big on Kegels, but not in the way that, you have heard about so most most like women's mags are like do as many kegels as you can as often as Mm -hmm. you can and my pelvic floor physical therapist um said that that's actually really really bad um because most women are not doing kegels correctly the correct Mm -hmm. way to do a kegel is to she she uses the analogy of an elevator you need to imagine the elevator going all the way up so that's when you're tightening And then Mm -hmm. imagine letting it go all the way back down to the ground floor. So Mm -hmm. you're completely relaxing in between reps. Um, And most women are not doing that. They're, they're keeping too much tension in their pelvic floor 
and that mm. can lead to a weaker pelvic floor. Um, so imagine like if you were like making a, a fist really, really, really tight, and then you had to use your grip strength, um, to open a jar or something, it would be harder because you've had all that tension in the muscle tiring it out and you can't access like the full strength you have there because it's so tense and so tight. Um, so actually, you know, I would encourage her not just to do Kegels, but to go see a pelvic floor PT who can tell her if she's doing them correctly and prescribe mm -hmm. like the right way, the right number and the right duration, um, how to do them to solve her particular issue. Because I feel like doing Kegels the wrong way can be almost worse than not doing them at all. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, they have so many tools at their disposal. They have kind of monitors that they can do biofeedback oh, yeah. on and, and things like that. And that it doesn't take many appointments. And, right. you know, I've told this anecdote many times that, that my doctor indicated that if you don't treat the problem, it could very easily get worse. And I've said this before, when she mentioned that it could lead to um, fecal incontinence, I mean, <sighs> that phrase just sent shivers down my spine. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I will go to see anyone to prevent that <laughs> scenario from happening, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's all connected yeah. down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'll second the Diva Cup. I've been using one as well, and it's great. Mm. And my vagina is like eight miles wide, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old lady who's birthed three kids. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get the extra large, but but it it does the job. <laughs> I didn't. First of all, I didn't realize they came in sizes. Second of all, yeah. all the men that male listeners who had crushes on you now it's completely. Out of the window. <laughs> it's like here. To yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, all my fan mail's gonna stop. Oh no. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say say about that? Oh, oh yeah. There's nothing to be afraid about with them you know they're not gonna they're not scary they're not gonna jump out of the corner at you those diva cups they're they're happy little guys gals. i just always worried it would be messy when you take it, it like super is. messy when you take it. like it would it be is. like you, you know a be... scene from carrie or something oh yeah you gotta be careful i read a review of it and this woman had this hilarious review where she dropped it and she said it was like a full quentin tarantino movie in the bathroom <laughs> And like it rolled across the floor. There was all this stuff. It was, it was really funny. Yeah. So you, it does take a little bit of, uh, of finesse. But uh -huh. she she birthed children. She's a woman. She's not a man. She'll exactly. be fine. She can do it. Yeah. She's not in there it's pooping. Nothing, She's not. It's, no. it's nothing compared to the mess left behind after you've given birth. So. Oh, God, yeah. no. Yeah. 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 And like, I mean, I've changed mine twice a day. Sometimes it's heavy. If I'm heavy, three times a day. It's. Uh -huh. it's great yeah. now i would really like menopause to hit and not have to worry about it at all at this point i'm like you say that now I'm in the yeah. every 21 day cycle so it's like super fun. you're getting your money's worth out of that diva cup i am yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and not blowing a ton of money on tampons yeah <laughs> right yeah oh my anyway. goodness well i i think we i think we touched all corners on that one so on this podcast <laughs> with that diva cup yeah. we got all the way around yeah. so, so megan thank you for taking time out away from your from your baby to uh talk with us this was uh very fun and informative yeah thank you so much for having me this is yeah. um even more tmi than i could have imagined <laughs> right. and, and the book is like great I you did a fantastic job enough, you know i feel like you guys don't know enough about me <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you can always come back. We can have some more questions for you. We're going to interview your husband as well, right? right. Oh, boy. Yeah, he would be like, what have I stumbled into here? I, I want a book report on War and Peace, so I know that he's really in there reading it yeah. and doing other things. Oh, he's going to love that I told that story. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Take care, Megan. Thank you so much, Sarah and Molly. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Oh my gosh, Ma, I'll leave it to you to just just go there and go there again and again. It's why I love you so much. <laughs> Needs to be said. So it's just a body. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, Dimity's report from the Train Like a Mother Club might be a little more circumspect. Here you go. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. I am coming to you with a little bit of information, a little 411 on three programs that are a little unique and wanted to make sure that you know about them if you happen to be training for this unique race. The first one, um, or the first two actually, are Disney races. It's the dopey and goofy challenges that go on at the Disney, the Walt Disney Marathon in early January. We have training programs for both of them. They are 24 and 26 weeks long, and they start pretty much right now. The dopey program started uh, about a week ago, but there's still time to sign up. Um, and then the Goofy program starts on the 30th, which is Monday, um, July 30th. So if you are in either of those programs and are going to run a long, long way this January, take a look at the trainlikeamother.club programs and see if they might be right for you. And speaking of running a long, long way, we have a small group uh, of women in the Train Like a Mother Club right now who are eyeing a race called Three Days at the Fair. You may know about it. It is a road ultra, and um, basically it is a one-mile loop, excuse me, a one-mile loop that goes around a fairgrounds in um, New Jersey. <laughs> and uh, they are really excited about trying the the 12-hour option eyeing kind of 50 miles, but there are a ton of options at three days at the fair. Um, so I wanted to let you know that we are designing a program for that. And if you are interested in um, joining this group of mother runners, or if you have another road ultra on your mind, we are designing a program for that. So I just kind of want to know about your interest. The way that you can tell me about it is going to anothermotherrunner.com slash road ultra. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com slash road ultra. Um, so check that out. Um, it will also be in the show notes, as will links to Dopey and Goofy. So thank you very much for your time. And I'll be back with um, some words from a mother runner next week. Hope you all have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, this is it, folks. We got a massive, massive summer sale in the Mother Runner store. It kicks off Sunday, July 29th. So if you're listening to this when the show first comes out, it's going to be this Sunday, and it runs through Saturday, August 4th. We rarely ever have a store-wide sale. Maybe this is only the second or third one in our history. So this is a big deal. Our cute, lightweight, fast-rank tank tops will be marked down at least 25%, while our sassy, make-you-smile lifestyle tees will be priced at $20 or less. Our super-popular trucker and running hats will be also marked down significantly. Supplies are definitely limited, so do not delay. Run to MotherRunnerStore.com this Sunday to snap up the deals. Again, MotherRunnerStore.com. One more time, MotherRunnerStore.com. 
Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy, I hope poop-free miles. Mm-hmm.